I think the fine line between our preference and our judgment of others is um, how much a narrative we give the other, right? Do we stay in our own, I prefer this and stay in that narrative of the I, or do we go into the narrative of the other, whether it's a judgment or a trying to convert or a trying to even understand why, like if we go into there with anything other than just a curiosity, I think that that keeps us, the curiosity keeps us more out of judgment. So let's start our Taya Mastery Forum. I'm here today with Carrie King, with Dan Mangina, with Cat Wonders, Elisha Starr, and Nicole Henry. Some of our Taya Masters, not 100%, but close to 100% of our, Taya, our current Taya uh, Mastery people, uh, on this uh, recurring forum that we have on the stream of David. And we have a, a topic, and of course, we always spin off of a, of a key topic, but uh, our topic today is discernment and judgment, the difference between the two, and is there a right or wrong? I think we know the answer to that. And what is the value in both of those things? So Kat, I think you have a lot to share on this topic. So why don't you go first? And we can all just jump in. You know, you don't have to keep yourselves on mute there. Well, I mean, I do have a lot to share on this topic. <laughs> this could go any direction really. But uh, I think a big part of the Taya practice for me was actually realizing that judging isn't necessarily bad. And sometimes it is actually just discerning your preference. Like when you, and sometimes when you are discerning your preference, you are making a judgment. That's not necessarily a negative thing. When it comes down to it though, if you are, if you have your opinion, you've made your judgment about something, you've discerned your preference, and then you try to force it on someone else to make them agree with you. That's when things can get kind of tricky. So just because you don't like pickles doesn't mean you need to convince everyone else that you know to hate pickles because, you know, you've discerned your preference. It's a pickle. You don't like it and that's okay. And it gets tricky though, when you start to get into those conversations, like, you know, when you're around someone who just wants everyone to agree with them and they won't let a topic drop, like, I know we've all been around those people or we've been those people they're not fun to be around and people tend to avoid that. And at that point, you know, you're discerning your preference as to whether or not you want to surround yourself with those kind of people. But that's, that's where my, that's where my stance is on that of my preference, actually. Anything yeah. to say to that? <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the tie practice is not about rules and it's not a, a bypassing type of spirituality. And we're all aware of what that can look like. We are all aware of, of some people, and here I go judging, um, who, who say that they're always in love and light and they never judge anyone. But we are discerners of preference and we know that we're operating in vibrational flow. We're all very aware of that, right? And when we're not at the top of our spiral, it's easy for that discernment of preference to, to go down in vibration a little bit. And we talk about this imaginary line of source connection versus disconnection from source that we've created in the practice just to, to help us with these Taya tools. The, the line for me is needing to be right. That's all rooted in our ego that we need to be right. And we need other people to agree with us and, and believe the way that we do. Or that when we're discerning a preference, but doing it in such a way that we're putting someone else down as being wrong and trying to prop ourselves up as being right. And I see that in, in all facets of humanity because we do have this ego drive about us, right? So we do have an ego that's driving us through life, but we know when we're at the top of our spiral and we're connected with source, we are loving all that is. So in that space, uh, you know, do I think someone who is um, deeply religious is, is wrong for being deeply religious, even though I'm not? that way. I'm appreciative of that. But there are times that I dip out of that and think, gosh, you know, 
why aren't you thinking for yourself? Why are you just believing what someone else tells you to believe and, and questioning all of this stuff? And, you know, when, when people get so dutiful, um, you know, toward their religious practice that they're harming other people, you know, the, yeah. the podcast that published this week uh, was with Luke who is now an openly gay man post Taya boot camp uh, and you know, went to uh, Pakistan to visit his, his small daughter, his young daughter, and was, was met with a lot of uh, bigotry and even was hauled into the police department in question because it's not legal there to be gay. And he was turned in for being gay and was, was detained for it. So it's, it's easy to look at that belief system and think, oh gosh, you know, why, why can't they see past that? but they are operating in their bubble of reality. So where does discernment that I discern my preference not to be that end and judgment begin and that I, I, I discern my preference not to be that and they shouldn't be that either. To answer that question, I think the fine line between our preference and our judgment of others is... Um, how much a narrative we give the other, right? Do we stay in our own, I prefer this and stay in that narrative of the I, or do we go into the narrative of the other, whether it's a judgment or a trying to convert or a trying to even understand why, like if we go into there with anything other than just a curiosity, I think that that keeps us, the curiosity keeps us more out of judgment than if we don't have, if we don't have like a healthy, just sense of curiosity of understanding the other person more. And if we really just want to understand the other person more versus if we want to like, Kat said, convert them into either not liking pickles or liking pickles or justifying and explaining why we like. I think the longer the narrative, the harder it is to stay in preference and not fall into judgment. And the shorter the narrative of whatever it is, the easier it is to just stay in our preference and stay in that eye. Good, Dan. What seems to be coming through is a common thread with all of these and my own relationship to this whole narrative is, is this pulling me more deeper into the illusion of separation from source? That's it. Because even like the, the thing that really makes judgment crappy is that you start judging your judgments <laughs> or you start allowing your judgment to pull you into more direct opposition to another person, place or thing or an idea. Because there's nothing wrong with someone preferring that the country that they live in doesn't have homosexuals. They're welcome to that. But when that preference now starts to be forced on someone else, it's reaffirming the separation from that other person and therefore pulling us more deeper into the illusion of separation from source. If someone prefers, I mean, I personally, my personal things, I don't know why so many people are so concerned with what other grown-ups do consensually with, with their body parts. That's my own personal preference on that. That's where I sit on it. I'm completely neutral on it. Other people are welcome to their preference, but when that preference impacts another, the thing that makes it stupid, in my opinion, is for that separation to exist to the point where people want to throw people in jail or hurt them or kill them, whatever, is I'm holding on to this illusion that I'm not them and they're not me and we're not source. And that's where I kind of sit with it. Good. Yeah, and I was going to um, say similar to Dan, but elaborate on that because what I have discovered for myself in detuning judgment is that when judgment comes from a place of appreciation, such as the pickle, I don't like pickles, but I can appreciate that someone else may eat them. It, there's no fear around it. It's just my preference. I'm discerning my preference. I'm judging. I don't want a pickle on my burger, but my friend might want a pickle on the burger. That's great. But when it becomes judgment out of fear that her pickle might touch my food and now I'm afraid and I say, you can't have a pickle on your burger because it's going to touch my food. That judgment out of fear is what I believe then, yes, brings me down my spiral, separates me from source. And that is the type of judgment that I feel when we listen to the stream 
um, is what they're talking about. When we, when we remove fear from the equation and we just appreciate the situation, yes, we can discern our preference. We can do it very kindly, very caring. Um, as you said, Dan, I too have no desire to police or care what other people want to do with their personal body. That's their body. They can do whatever they choose with it. It does not harm me in any way, shape or form. And so, um, but there's so much in fear in that when you think of other countries. And, um, and, and I think that's just a fear-based judgment of um, judging somebody on their sexuality. And that's my two cents. <laughs> well, there's also the, there's, there is noticing a difference in someone and even making light of that difference as I was doing about something before we even got on here and demonizing them over it, making them less of a human being or, or a, a second-class citizen or something like that. And that's, we, we get caught up in that with judgment a lot, that these people shouldn't be. Uh, you know, I've talked a few times about Palm Springs where there's this restaurant uh, where I like to, to go eat. It's one of my favorite restaurants in town. And there is this constant swell of people that are against this restaurant because they think they might be Trump supporters. And it's still going on. The election's long gone, you know, and I'm still hearing about it. It's still uh, in conversations and stuff like that. And you can't go eat there because, and, and this is from a community of gay men, largely, that are saying this, that you can't go eat there because X, Y, and Z. So it's, it, it's the, the amusing thing to me is people who are seeking tolerance are so non-negotiable about those that may or may not be intolerant of them. That, that, you know, that you've got to believe exactly as I do, or I'm going to put you over in that category, yet they don't want to be treated that way. And I, the, the, the thing that has driven me crazy and a big component of, of my stream connection from very early on, one of, the, one of my pet peeves that I have, have worked to detune in my life was hypocrisy. People, you know, judging and saying one thing while doing something on the same level, if not the exact same thing themselves, which we see a lot of uh, examples of that in our world, of course. Uh, and we understand what that's all about, I think, because it's sometimes it's deflection and sometimes it's not connecting the dots that I'm doing something that, that I am uh, judging this locally gay owned business <laughs> because of something that might be and actually promoting against it, which by the way, has not hurt their business in the least. It's, it's booked out for weeks, if not months. So they're doing just fine. But that irony of, you know, we have to cancel, you know, something, something might be bad and we have to judge it. And not only do we have to judge it, we have to cancel. And we could do a whole other show just on canceling, I know, but that's, you know, the ultimate judgment is cancel culture, right? And it just seems to be everywhere. And it's so judgmental. And it's, it's coming from largely from a generation that doesn't want to be judged. They want to, to, to express themselves how they want and live how they want and do what they want. But then in, in certain you know, elements, if anyone is not completely on board with that level of non-judgment, they're not only going to be judged, they're going to be canceled, which is ironic and hypocritical a bit, right? Nicole. Um, I was going to add that um, the judgment with trust is discernment because we were saying that the judgment with fear um, or just, you know, having a thought with fear is judgment. And um, I really didn't notice that I was judging instead of having the power to discern until I got into boot camp because um, I came from um, a teaching that was very judgmental. And if it didn't look a certain way, if you didn't say the certain things, like you were not a successful person. So boot camp really opened up my eyes to like even being able to detune that group of people that were imposing their judgment because that's just their experience that they're choosing to have. And now that I um, have the tools of boot camp, I can discern what type of experience I want to have. So 
um, I notice like on a daily basis, if I'm judging, I'm disconnected from source, like kind of sort of what Dan was saying. So like, um, what what's triggering that in me? What do I need to take a look at? How can I get reconnected, realigned? Because um, it's great to sta stand in the power of discernment and trust and no longer be in fear and judgment. Very nice. And the, I, I, I like that we're acknowledging that the separation from source is, is an illusionary separation. Source is always in us no matter what and not judging us and even acknowledging that there's value in that separation because the, the value in the separation is for us to have the human experience. So the idea of mastering Taya is, is pulling more source perspective into your perspective, allowing what was already there in the first place to be realized. We, we say that often, but part of that is really recognizing our humanness and that there's value in our humanness and, and seeking to be more intentional with the lives that we create and with what we're offering to humanity. But at the same time, fully acknowledging that we're imperfect beings and we didn't come here to be chaste and perfect all the time, that we came here to explore and to dip in and out of source connection at different levels, move through vibrational flow, have a very imperfect life experience with challenges. Because we all, I, I know all of you very well, and we all still have challenges, myself included. The Taya practice is not about eliminating every single challenge from your life. It's funny, I was uh, on Instagram over the weekend and somebody had this post about who says money can't buy happiness. And it was a flash of a jet and a yacht and a Bentley and a, you know, a mansion and all this stuff. And it just kept flashing. And, and I just thought that was, it was, you know, ironic that there were all things, there was no picture of a happy person. You know, they didn't even bother to put the picture of the, you know, the couple on the beach with the champagne glasses or anything like that, that you normally see in that type of post. It was completely focused on the material stuff. And I fully agree. If I'm flying on a private jet, I'm probably experiencing happiness in the moment. And if I'm on a yacht, especially if I own it, well, maybe I don't want to own it. Maybe I just want to experience it. I'm, I'm experiencing joy in being on the yacht. You know, there, there's joy in those experiences of those things, certainly. But to completely, uh, to, to think that that is the definition of happiness and judging everyone who doesn't have those things as not being complete and happy is very short-sighted. And of course, not at all what this practice is about. But I was talking to somebody the other day, I read this article about Lisa Marie Presley, and she was born the same month and year as me. So I've kind of, you know, dipped into kind of paying attention to her throughout her life and kind of, you know, <laughs> not, not comparing my life to hers because there's absolutely no comparison. But if you read the tabloids, it sounds like her life is kind of a, a mess. And, you know, here's someone who has all that stuff, who can have any of that stuff that she wants and doesn't, you know, again, if you believe the tabloids, doesn't seem like she's happy. So that judgment of, of what a happy human being is uh, and, and that we're supposed to either be rich to be happy or for spiritual, some people even believe that you have to be poor if you're spiritual to be happy and that a poor, happy spiritual person is one who is living in love and light all the time and never judging, you know, kind of going back to that, we hear people say things like that. Well, I don't, I don't judge other people. Well, the stream says we're all judgmental and I believe them. We are, we, we dip in and out of judgment of, of others. When we're at the top of our spiral, when we're totally source connected, we are able to, to appreciate on a higher level, but separation from that is a natural part of the process. So really appreciating that. And then just for me, wanting to really manage my default vibration for a more joyful life experience. It's about sort of catching myself before I go too far down the path of something that is less than source connected vibration. Kat, back to you. I mean, I agree with everything you said, obviously, and especially with what Carrie was talking about with, or well, and or Dan with the judging the fact that you're judging that one's um, that one's a big one for me because I came from a religious background and we were taught not to judge. And then I would witness everyone around me judging, but saying it's not our place to judge. So then it would always make me wonder, 
well, then whose place is it to judge? Because it looks like everybody's judging. <laughs> and then I found myself judging the fact that they were judging and then judging myself for judging that they were judging. So it's <sighs> judgment's really been an interesting topic for me throughout my whole life because I do consider myself, used to consider myself a good judge of character, quote unquote. And people would tell me, well, you end up with a lot of like relationships and not just romantic relationships, but relationships with other humans. And um, I usually manage to avoid drama pretty well. And I used to say it's because I'm a good judge of character. Like I don't surround myself with people where I foresee drama. And I don't know that that's necessarily true anymore about being a ju good judge of character. I think it's a matter of just kind of staying out of drama. And, and, but it's and, easy to do. It's yeah. Easy. And the more you work on raising your vibration, the more the drama flows away from you, right? Yeah. And also just the more you let people do their thing. Like, I think we were all talking on a mastery meeting. Gosh, I guess this was like a couple months ago at this point where I was starting to see someone and then came to find out that they smoked. And like me a few years ago, I would never have dated a smoker. Like, oh, one cigarette, unattractive, never gonna see you again. And then finally it dawned on me like, well, so what's actually my problem with someone smoking? It's the fact that I'm judging their decision that they smoke. Really what it comes down to now is not a matter of judging the fact that they smoke. It's just, I don't like the smell. So I just said, please don't smoke around me. Problem solved. And now the fact that I'd be open to dating a smoker is like, that's a big change in who I used to be, especially when I was really into health and wellness and yoga and just becoming more spiritual and wanting to be enlightened and things like that. It was definitely very, it's a big leap for me to consider something like that. Now, it's funny that you brought that up because spirituality can be very judgmental. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget when I, uh, I went to this uh, mystic mixer here in Palm Springs a few years ago. In fact, it's where I met Debbie G. Everybody knows Debbie G. She's on here all the time with me. And at this mixer, they had this woman. It was nice. It was this lovely get together. It was packed with people. Debbie's great at bringing lots of people together for these events, or at least pre-COVID she was. Now she does it online. And this, this woman got up and did a meditation, kind of like a prayer, you know, to start the whole thing. And I thought it was lovely. It was a very Christian prayer and not my belief system, but I thought it was lovely. I, I took myself to the place where she was guiding us in this, in this meditation, this meditative prayer. And there was this woman next to me, grabbed my arm and said, she's not doing this right. We're supposed to be outside with our bare feet on the earth. Like, oh no, I was feeling really good there for a moment. I didn't realize we were doing it wrong. <laughs> I didn't realize that source only exists out there if your feet are on the earth, if you're grounding, right? So th there is a lot of judgment in, in spirituality, There's almost as much judgment, it seems sometimes as, as in religion. You've got to do it like this. You've got to be a vegan and you, 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 you've got to, you know, meditate so many hours a day and you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And Taya is not about rules. You, you can be what you want to be. And the, the stream has been very clear that we're not here to live lives of perfection. We are here to mix it up. And wear our bodies out and, and do discern our preference and do what we want in that pursuit of absorbing the earth environment and experiencing it. And I agree that I am more source connected when I feel good. So, you know, if I consume something or do something, you know, that, that takes me away from physically feeling well, that can lower my vibration. So I do pay attention to that. But this idea that you've got to follow a specific diet or health regime or anything, that again is egocentric human judgment and gaining source perspective is all about really releasing all of that and appreciating all that is and appreciating even those that we really disagree with instead of all this judgment that we see everywhere. There was uh, something else I read uh, this morning and it's, it's some uh, statement that Tom Hanks made and all these comments about Tom Hanks being a pedophile and Tom Hanks, you know, being on Epstein's Island, and, you know, just, just, just pummeling of this person. And I just thought it was really interesting because the statement he made was actually a very nice statement. It's not possible to just read a statement from somebody anymore and appreciate what they had to say, which was a very nice thing to say and not pull all this judgmental stuff into it. And you just have to wonder 
what are we getting out of these comments? And I know the internet is, is like that. You know, somebody left a, a review for this podcast. It was a one-star review and it came in over the weekend and it was about uh, the stream uh, not saying, don't be fearful of COVID. And they were very upset about that. And I read it, I just thought it was so funny that you know, the, the stream is not going to be about fear. And if you need the stream to be about being a fear of something, then you're right. This is a one-star podcast for you because it's not about fear. But also the stream was never saying don't take precautions around COVID. I don't remember the stream ever saying anything like that. I have taken precautions around COVID. I do wash my hands and use hand sanitizer. I hate the masks. I will readily admit that I am really sick of masks at this point. But when I'm required to wear one, I do. So there's so, there's so much judgment even around that. That, that we are a, a society of judgmental beings for sure. But we have to remember that at our core, we came to the earth environment to absorb and experience it. And part of the experience of that is discernment. Because if we didn't have discernment, we wouldn't create. We go down our spiral to experience unwanted things by design and create expansion from that experience. So the discernment is inescapable and discernment turns into judgment. But when the judgment is taking us down in vibration, then we are, are creating that experience for ourselves. And it's, it's up to us how we do that. And I do think detuning, that's why I love that word so much, detuning judgment has a lot of value. Eradicating, not, you know, good luck. Nicole? I was going to say with um, detuning, um, I do love that tool that I got. And for me, I didn't realize how much I was like living somebody else's life with those spiritual tools that I learned. Like I was like, okay, they have a script of how it's supposed to look and I'm going to follow it. So then from that judgment, I was able to discern. I wanted another experience because I was able to identify that I was creating more and more unwanted in my life. And so having that judgment of the unwanted helped me to then get into what I wanted to create. So I agree with you that it's like very, very much a cycle of judgment, discernment, yeah, discernment, back to judgment, and then like detuning, fine tuning and identifying um, what experience I want to have. Love it. Very good. I just was going to say um, that a wise person told me years ago when I was young that um, how do you know what you want in life when you don't know what you don't want? So if you just think of that simplicity of polarity, like Nicole just said, like judgment does have to play a part because if I don't know what I what I want or what to ask the universe for or to allow into my life until I don't, until I recognize the things I do not want and that enter judgment or discerning your pre preference. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty brilliant of her figuring that out when she was in boot camp. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah I agree. Elisha. Yes, David. Um, I've had a lot of conversations, I guess, in the last week on this topic, which is maybe why I'm a little bit more quiet than, um, than usual, but it's an experience and we have to, you know, everything is this experience and the experience brings us closer to our truth. And at source level, truth is truth, whatever it is, it's all truth, it's all one, you know. And we have our individual truth, with, which is an expression of that source. And we go through these experiences. And like Carrie said, like the contrast is there to get us to know ourselves more, more than, I mean, that's really what each experience is about, this de de deferring, this discernment of preference, whether it's discerning what you like to eat or the lifestyle you want or the lifestyle you don't want. I was thinking earlier about like my point of contrast and that we set ourselves up to really learn the big 
preferences in the beginning, if we really pay attention to those first transgressors. And as in boot camp terms, I think if we really truly detune those, everything else just becomes a deeper experience of getting closer to our truth of who we are as source expressing in this lifetime. The, you know, the discernment of like, oh, I like men who respect me. Maybe we didn't know that, like Carrie said, until we were disrespected and we didn't even realize it was something that we wanted until we had the experience. And I think we get too caught up on holding on to the experience. And that's when it goes into judgment versus just experiencing it and taking what we learned, whether it was an experience of checking out at the grocery store or experience of being fucked over by somebody, it's still just an experience. But yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's enjoying the, the experience, like really just dropping into joy. And if we are in joy personally, I find it harder to judge. The more yeah. joyful I am. Yeah, but you're not needing I, to soothe, right? You're not yeah. needing to self-soothe by belittling others. And that, that's that's what we see a lot of is that, right? And and finding joy in everything. Like I had an incident the other day where this girl got really, really mad at me because I told her that the support she was giving me wasn't helpful. And that wasn't okay for me to tell her that she wasn't being helpful. And I was just like, okay, fine. Like I won't, you know, won't go into any judgment. And I think the more we just want to stay in our own joy of just rolling the dice over and over and over again, the, the less judgment we have about what we rolled because we're too busy rolling the next time, you know, and enjoying that and that present, present moment. I think present moment is the key and appreciation, right? Appreciation and present moment awareness keep us on the choo-choo train of life. Because I find for myself personally, when I'm judging, I've stopped. I've stopped the flow of moving forward because I'm judging either what just happened or what a person's saying or what's going on. So I'm like in this judgy pause bubble versus breathing, saying thank you or F you or whatever it is that's gonna come out of my mouth and then moving on. And enjoy and an appreciation for whatever that experience gave me to the next choice, even if it was something that was really yucky. Yeah, I like how you point out too that you know, everything is just an experience and, and the need to hold on to it or control it or for it to be a certain thing or stay a certain thing, you're not appreciating the experience. And the more we start to look at our lives as just a collection of experiences that are had, instead of this linear thing of it's got to be getting better and we've got to be getting richer and we've got to be, you know, staying young and all of these, you know, things, these caveats that we put on our happiness, uh, life really opens up. And detuning self-judgment has helped me a lot and not needing to judge other people and not needing to be right really being at peace with all of my choices and all of my experiences, all my decisions, all my mistakes, all of that stuff, being so at peace with all of that in this practice has really got me to this place where I don't need to be right. Somebody else can be right about something. I don't need to have a, a, a polarized opinion on anything. I can be very fluid about everything. And that's such a cool place to be because look how much our society tells us that you have to take a side. You've got to take a side. You've got to take a stand. You've got to do this. Well, who says? Who says that we have to do anything? The source isn't saying that. So source is saying, come and have your experience, whatever it is. And they guarantee us, they promise us that whatever that experience is, that is manifested, when we are in our completed state, we're going to appreciate it. From that higher perspective because this life is a grain of sand in the ocean of experiences that we have as an eternal being so that takes the pressure off of this life to be right or to be perfect or to be you know the very best that we can be i still think that we should live the best life that we can in terms of joy clarity and abundance because this is the life that we're in and the one that we're perceiving i'm not one of those people that says i can't wait for this to be over you know, I'm, I'm uh, somebody of the day said that this is it for them. They're, they're through with all of their lifetimes because, uh, you know, they're not going to have to manifest as a human being anymore. 
and, and I judged them. I thought that was silly. <laughs> I thought that was such a silly thing to say because we really don't know that. We don't know that. And I, I do believe what the stream is offering and what the stream is offering connects all the dots for me and gives such clarity that it makes so much more sense to me that we would be eternal beings expressing ourselves endlessly in physical because in that eternal state of being, what's the point of that? If we're just existing in perfection and knowing everything and not wanting for anything, and yet we are, we are very aware that we are perceiving this physical reality, if the opposite of that in non-physical is no contrast and no struggle and no challenge, it's just consciousness, where's the fun in that? I mean, once you know what everybody looks like naked <laughs> throughout history, you know, whatever it is, well, beyond that, really, where's the expansion offered? It, it just is so clear to me at this point that the expansion of our consciousness is experienced in the physical and that this physical expansion is always going to be a process that is never going to be perfect because it's not supposed to be. So if you let go of the idea of perfection, and start appreciating that all beings are here serving their purpose of expansion. And that means we're all believing different things. So the devout Southern Baptist that thinks I'm going to burn in hell, i.e. my Aunt Brenda, <laughs> you know, judging me for being a channel and a gay man, probably, who knows, uh, you know, she, she's, she's fulfilling her purpose in, in physical. She's doing her thing. And I, for quite, you know, ever since she you know, posted on my Facebook page that I was going to burn in hell for channeling, that I, I was really at peace with that. With That's her perspective. And there's nothing wrong with her believing that. And I think in going into that appreciation of source, for me, what has worked for me in detuning my judgment is finding appreciation that source is expressing that through them and not me that that i didn't that that source chose a different expression of whatever that is than 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 through me and that i can appreciate that that needs to be expressed but it doesn't have to be my reality it doesn't have to be my expression of source that has helped me in the detuning of judgment while finding the appreciation in that same moment, you know, and appreciating that I don't have that I'm not that that person or that 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 expression of of energy that because it needs to come out somehow. I like that, and and you know, I was thinking about how we we talk about sometimes peeling the detuning is like peeling away the layers. You know, like you have an onion and you peel away. And you peel away and you peel away. And then, you know, at some point you have no onion, <laughs> it's just peels, but we are peeling away these layers of things in the detuning process and you peel away a few layers and there's still more to do. And I think that that is the work of being a human being that it doesn't end. So we're never going to completely detune fear. We're never going to completely detune judgment. Uh, we're, we're never going to reach the state of perfection and just being at peace with that, but still striving to have more clarity and more joy and a more abundant life is just a wonderful way to live your life. But, you know, catching the experiences and, and, and the mastery structure that we're expanding into of, of creating our lives more intentionally, more the way that we want them to be, that's Taya. <laughs> Taya in itself is that. Um, but the, you know, the, the mastery of it is, is, is just that it's, it's, seeking to master something that we all acknowledge that we're never going to fully master. Being the, the, the leading edge of the, the Taya practice is detuning judgment, certainly, but acknowledging that it serves a purpose, that it's part of the human experience, that we can catch it before it takes us down our spiral, that we can catch it before, before it gets bound up with fear and really takes us down there to where we need to put somebody down, are, you know, talk about being at the leading edge of the Taya practice and then allowing that to make us think that we're somehow on some pedestal and that we're superior and that we're better because we figured out the universe and we know all, you know, you're, you're not better if you're thinking that. 
Because if you're really up your spiral and really allowing source to flow and really in that perspective of the stream, you can look at everyone in appreciation. And something that did come up, and I won't get into naming names and stuff because all, all the parties aren't here, but something that did come up was this, you know, the, the, the way we, we judge uh, each other based on race and gender and all of that expression. You know, we talk about that a lot lately and how it's so easy to fall into that, that narrative of one person has it easier because of X, Y, Z. And I don't know how much that really helps people because you, you can acknowledge that that's true. But at the end of the day, we create our realities and I would much rather focus on that. I would much rather focus on, hey, we all create our own realities. Stop worrying about what someone else is telling you to think or believe or demonize and just focus on really getting into to loving yourself more and allowing joy, clarity, and abundance to be the way you are. Elisha? Um, yeah, it's I, in referencing what you're talking about, um, I wasn't raised in that mentality of that, that belief system that you know, because I was a woman, a man was stronger or any of these things. And um, the first time I actually heard that, I was, I was shocked. I was just like, huh? Like, you think that's how the world is? Like, why would you even think that? And, you know, I actually had to zoom out a little bit more to actually be able to see that perspective. But I think it really comes down to like, that's only your reality if you believe that is your reality. And if you don't believe that's your reality, then it's not your reality. Um, even being discriminated. You know, the power that you give to it, right? Yeah. Or and that it, or, power, and, that's going to be your reality. And if it's not in your brain, if it's not literally in your your nervous system, it's not your reality. Like, uh, in, you know, it into like a certain degree. Like, I never got discriminated until somebody put into my brain that oh well, you're this and that, don't you feel this? And I was just like, huh, what? Oh, and then, you know, it becomes this prophecy of self-fulfillment. If we believe that about this, then we will experience that, whatever it is, whether believing you have more privilege or less privilege. It's, you know, it's like being able to get into VIP just because you believe you're VIP. I get into places all the time that technically I don't belong in, but I never even think that. I just walk right the fuck in and then they're like, oh, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh, just checking it out. And I check it out because I don't have a belief system that I shouldn't be there. And I think that's the power of our belief systems, whether it's believing that someone else has more privilege because of such and such, like that's giving them energy, that's giving them that lifestyle versus if you didn't believe it, it would be less true in my, my humble opinion. I like that. I like that good insight from everybody. So to wrap up, Kat, you always have something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a different relationship with judgment <laughs> that I think a lot of people do. And yeah, I mean, I, I judge all the time and I'm okay with that, but I'm not forcing my judgments on others and trying to make people agree with me. Like, you know, back when I was vegan and all that stuff, and I was so convinced that people who ate meat were, you know, torturing animals on purpose. I've, I've moved very far past that <laughs> and, and I have a very different moral compass than I think a lot of people do because I have a different view of what's right and what's wrong versus just like what you want to accomplish. And ironic, actually just yesterday, a friend of mine told me that, um, the, <laughs> that one of the other skydiving centers he was at, a bunch of the people there, and I don't go to that skydiving place. I go to a different skydiving drop zone, but I guess at this other drop zone where I hadn't met these people, someone was talking about me and he said, I won't tell you what they said because they weren't saying nice things, but it was definitely about your sexuality. I'm like, great. <laughs> cool. That's, you know, and the thing is, I'm not ashamed of who I am. So like coming to find out that people are talking about my sexuality is like wow that doesn't even like remotely bother me because I'm so comfortable with that part of who I am that if people are still judging that <laughs> especially the, the other thing was like at my age I'm still so sexual because as if I'm like this old lady <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I was just so because I, I mean I am older than a lot of people now. talking but um after all that like just uh, it's just funny at this point like people are still so concerned with things like that like have we really not moved further as a society that we care what other things like are that doing? I always think it's it's a projection of self-judgment yeah you know, that's I about them, the way not that me. I was told to behave and if you don't do that then there's something wrong with you yeah because I feel pretty good about the way I am and <laughs> if other yeah, people have should. a problem with it that's not my problem it's theirs yeah well, you know, I, I wish that uh, if, if there's one desire I have with the streams message and the Taya practice is to give people the tools to open their minds up to the difference between 3D human created rules and judgments and the way source looks at things. You know, just like that, the, the review that I was talking about earlier, you know, that I can't believe that you're, you're not afraid of COVID and you, know, you should be teaching fear of COVID. Um, the, the intellectual connecting of the dots there of the idea of a source not judging anything. And then when, you know, the, for human beings, we're discerners of preference and how we judge everything. And the, the contrast of that creates the tension that actually expands the universe. But we can be more source-like in our human physical vehicle and being more source-like is detuning judgment. And we can all attest, I, I know I will, that the more I detune judgment and fear, the happier I am, the less I need the world to be anything other than exactly what it is and the more joyful and happy I am, the more abundant I feel. And the more abundant I feel, the more abundance is revealed to me in life. And full abundance. That's what this practice is all about. That's what this is all about, is detuning that stuff and being able to bring more of that source perspective forward. And unfortunately, for a lot of people, that source perspective is not one of judgment of anything and I totally understand, I, I've completely come to understand in the work that I've done with the streams teachings, that the reason we have the contrast of the world that we have is because we judged it in the first place. So the reason people murder each other and, and rape and harm and do all of these things that we, that we all find so distasteful, if not abhorrent, is because we created the judgment around it in the beginning. And the more we push and judge and demonize and label and cancel, the more we're just throwing fuel on that fire, whatever it is, we're just fueling it and we're creating more of it. And again, there's examples of that everywhere because there are protests and there's pushing against and there's laws passed for all of this stuff that doesn't go away. And it doesn't go away because it's being fueled by focus upon it. Isn't there a statement that that which you resist persists? Yes, that was a great, that was uh, in the secret book. I don't remember who said okay. it. Yeah, it's just, you know, that, that pushing, that pushing against it, that, that struggle, um, it, what comes to my mind in this visual is like this, the game of, of tug of war, so to speak, right? And when we resist something, that's happening, especially if it's we're the one resisting whatever it is. It's like playing tug of war with the entire universe, and the universe, everything else is on the other side of that that rope. And the interesting paradox of the game of tug of war is, you know, if you get a lot of people on your side and you pull and you pull and you pull, you can pull the other side down, but you usually end up falling down in yourself. And if instead you let go whatever else it is that you're struggling against actually falls away and then you remain standing. And I've always had an interesting, you know, relationship with that. When I start struggling with what is, I realize that it's just me struggling with everything else and that there's no winning that game. It just, you know, you just keep pulling harder and harder and harder or hammering to use a streams term. Yeah. The hammering is something that, you know, we, we all do a little hammering. And I, I noticed that when I start hammering at something, it stops, it shuts, it shuts it down completely. And then when I put down the hammering, you know, whatever it is I'm looking to manifest flows again. And it's this interesting dance that I do 
that it's my humanness to, to pick up the hammer sometimes because I like to get it done. I like to be busy. You know, that's, that's why we have uh, two, two books coming out in a publishing company and an app and, you know, all of these things, all these summits that we've uh, planned and all of these things, uh, because I like to do all that. I like to just have lots of stuff going on, at, you know, at once, um, you know, it, it's, it's stimulating to me to do that. And then inevitably, you know, the new creation and the giving birth to the new idea comes out and then the logistics of getting this stuff done can take my vibration down. And when the vibration drops, I feel that the old habit of picking up the hammer, not like I used to, certainly, but it still comes around. But when I pick up the hammer, it actually creates some, some, uh, it allows some flaws to surface. And then we, in the solving of the flaws, we make something even better. That's the universal process of creation. So pulling judgment out of that process and judgment out of our hammering and judgment out of our imperfection with our practice is, is huge. So regardless of, of, of where you are in your Taya practice, even if you're just new to this podcast and listening to this discussion for the first time, the Taya practice is the practical application of the stream's teachings. And the stream is my sharing of source consciousness. And that sharing is very clear and, and very to the point. Uh, and very much rooted in the idea that we're not here to be perfect and to live lives of perfection. We are here to mix it up. But in the, the full appreciation and the detuning of judgment and fear around all of that, we get to be a lot happier in the process. And that to me is everything. The finding joy in all of it, the up and the down, all of it. That's, that's everything to me. And that's what I want for everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us in the forum. Uh, I want to thank uh, Dan Mangina, who had to go uh, cut out a little early, Carrie King, Cat Wonders, Elisha Starr, and Nicole Henry, uh, some of our Taya Masters. Uh, we will be doing more of these Taya Mastery Forums. Uh, hope you enjoy them. Let us know. Give us some feedback. You can always email us at david at thestreamofdavid.com. Let us know how you feel about it uh, and what you'd like to hear from the Taya Masters with our robes and our candles and our chanting as we come into the lair of Taya Mastery. Just kidding. We don't do that. Thank you all so much. Hi, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like what we shared here today, and if it inspired you to think differently, even for just a moment, I have something that you're absolutely going to love. It's a full 90 minute masterclass where I've condensed all the knowledge that I've acquired throughout the years after writing two books and helping hundreds of people change their lives. Take the action steps that I share in this masterclass. The only place that I share this is in these masterclasses aside from my Taya Bootcamp program. And if you know our teachings, you know that we're not about rainbows and fairy dust. We are about extreme ownership, claiming the power to transmute anything in your life to something positive, claiming the power to create your life exactly the way that you dream of it. So everything that you're going to learn in the masterclass is something that you can take and apply in your life as soon as you're done watching. So just go to the streamofdavidmasterclass.com and register and take this 90-minute masterclass. It will transform your life. Again, that is the streamofdavidmasterclass.com. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, you are absolutely going to love this masterclass. Thank you again. I'll see you in class.